0: I V M. I V M. Hello, everyone. This is your daily NBA podcast coming to you from Monday to Friday. I'm your host, Munish, and as always, joined by Nishant. This is Triangle Offense. Okay, then on today's episode, we'll talk about the Los Angeles teams because Kawhi Leonard has now undergone a surgery, which means he'll miss at least eight to nine months. It's Kawhi. Uh, it's kabai, it's kabai. <laughs> We'll also talk about the Lakers because, well, it's been a long time since we spoke about the Lakers, since they got knocked out in round one. Ouch. But we'll talk about the Lakers and their offseason moves and the options that they have. Uh, we'll also look forward to game four of the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks have won the game. Uh, Have won the previous game, which means they now have some kind of momentum. Can they retain it? Can Yannis continue his hot form? All of that on today's episode.
1: Whether you're an established sports
0: person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast, join us, Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset, and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday. Only on the IBM Podcast Network.
1: Trust us, it's going to be lit.
0: So Kawail Leonard, uh, he's undergone a surgery on the partial tear of his on his ACL, which means that, given previous examples, right, Jamal Murray, Spencer Dinwiddie, Clay Thompson, all the guys who had this tear in their ACL, they've missed months and months of football. Clay Thompson missed a year, and he missed yeah. an additional year because of an additional yeah. injury. Jamal Murray is expected to miss a year. Dinwiddie missed the entire uh, last season. Kawhi Leonard, uh, well, thankfully, it's not a full tear, it's a partial tear, which means he might not miss the entire year, but he might miss at least six, seven, eight months of uh, basketball, uh, which means that, well, the Clippers are in a very tricky position because you're left with Paul George and what else do you do? Kawhi Leonard now has a player option this year, a 36 million player option, which if we were wondering if you would decline that option and decide to choose uh, to go to another franchise. But... Now, with this injury, I think that will be a formality. I think he'll just accept the uh, player option and he'll remain in the at the Clippers for some time at least. Well, yeah. that's not so bad news for the Clippers. But what do they do this season? I mean, what do they do? Uh, they have a bunch of players. Uh, Serge Baka a, has a player option as well. Nicholas Batum and uh, Reggie Jackson are unrestricted free agents. What do they do with these guys? Can they add another star? What do you think they'll
2: do? What a shithole they found themselves in, uh, the Clippers. <laughs> It it start off just just re, all you have to do is rewind to the start of the season before this, right? The bubble season. Yep. Uh the league went from Oh shit, LeBron has AD, he just got A D. Mm-hmm. To Oh wait, they're gonna get Kawhi also. This this is too much. This is more than the Warriors. Uh with K D. We went from there to Kawai then pulling the rug from under LeBron and the Lakers and Pelinka and saying, No, no, I'm going to the other guys, the other LA guys, Steve Ballmer pulled off the impossible. His team pulled off the impossible, and and as it turns out, Kawhi wanted Butler first. And when that didn't happen, he said, "Okay, get me Paul George, and I'll come, or I go to the Lakers." It was a gun to the head mm-hmm. situation for the Clippers, and they really wanted Kawhi. Maybe recency bias. He had just won the chip for Toronto, and as we were mm. and Gaga, whatever it was, they went for him. But in in doing so, and this is going to tie back, they gave up. Pretty much their immediate future, all of the picks that they had, whatever they had. They gave up a bunch of talent and they gotten Paul Judge. He's not a bad player to get, he's a superstar. That, that in itself is not the worst thing that could have happened in the world. But you've got mm-hmm. to ask yourself, were it not for the prospect of Kawhi coming there, would they have given up all that for Paul Judge? Uh, would they have negotiated under such pressure, where the other team knew they could make them for, for everything under the sun? The Thunder are good at that. So, that's one. <laughs> now, the, the con- that's the context. How does that tie into this? Now, so far, we've been talking about should Kawhi trigger that player option. He most probably will because why is he wasting his time here? He could, when he could go to Golden State or Miami or any of these franchises and win. Now, overnight after this surgery announcement, it's like now should Clippers uh, have some? I know they don't. They don't have a choice. But wouldn't they like to have a choice where uh, they can trigger an option and say, okay, free agent, good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kawhi's Ka- Ka- gonna take the money. He's gonna stay. Uh, no team, uh, unless I-, I, won't rule it out though. Brooklyn Nets took a chance on KD then they knew he'd right. be out for the season. They went for him anyway. So unless something like that happens, which is which is honestly quite unlikely with a player like Kawhi, when you know you have issues anywhere with him yeah. uh, with fitness and then now it's anything in the ACL territory now that's that's the stuff and these things don't get better they just stay the same or get worse These,
0: right
2: so now the Clippers are in a bit of a rut so they have Kawhi they're going to carry his contract which means they're going to take that cap hit uh, they've got they've got choices I don't know what their equation is with Kawhi but there's two scenarios here are they confident Kawhi will stay beyond the end of his contract will he mm-hmm. sign an extension and maybe they should get that wrapped up. He's got a year left, right? Even if he takes the yeah. option, yeah, yeah. So maybe they should get the extension wrapped up. And and if they can't do that, um, then they've got an easier decision to make because you've already seen rock bottom. Where are you going to go from here <laughs> in terms of options? So so then I'd they probably go down the the tank route and, uh, and and see if they can come up with something else because they don't have anything. Even if they want to trade, even if they're willing to pay, they really don't have any assets to trade. Or they could do a sign and trade, but again, there's really no exciting asset that they could um, uh, sign and trade. So, they're in a bit of a tough spot. Um, now, normally, if you had a fit Kawhi, you could have traded Paul George and a bunch of players in a sign-in trade, three-way trade, four-way, whatever works, to get in another superstar. Say, mm-hmm. hypothetically, a Damon Leonard. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen now. Why? Why is anyone going to come to the Clippers when they've already sold their house? Uh, and gone broke on their mortgage to get Paul George, and now they're going to offer him with with whatever else uh, that they can mop up for a superstar. What is that superstar supposed to come and do? And exactly, I mean, unless it's like a John Wall type who they'll say, "Come here and we'll build around you." What's the point? So uh, they're in a bit of a tough spot. But I think it all circulates around uh, Kawhi. Where's Where's he at? Is he going to come back? Is he going to be the same? What's their assessment and can they get him to to commit to a longer contract?
1: Do they want right. to give him that,
2: given the history? So it's, it's the kawaii show right now. Everything else can be figured out later. And
0: and that was my next big question. I mean, uh, is the are the Clippers still an attractive destination? Like, do possible chip contender players, like people who aspire players who aspire to win a chip, uh, and are just about there? Can will they still look at Clippers as okay? If I join there, they might still become a favorite because. Think about the Clippers knocked out the Mavs this year. Okay, Kawhi was fit and he averaged a great 30, almost 30 points at 60% shooting. Great. But they beat the league leaders, Utah Jazz, in half of those games, Kawhi Leonard was not there. Yeah. And then they gave Phoenix Suns, who are now in the NBA Finals and have a lead, a run for their money with only Paul George. And then mm-hmm. the, the Peace players kind of chipped in, right? Reggie Jackson was good. Pat yeah. Beverly was okay. Marcus Morris was awesome in a few games. So are they still close, even without Kawhi, are they still close to being an an attractive destination for players like, maybe not Dame Lillard kind of players, but say, Russell Westbrook kind of players who know that, you're not going to win anything at the Wizards, can you win something at the Clippers? Is that
2: still a possibility with the Clippers? Yeah, so right now they have a bunch of free agents that they've got to figure out, so whatever resilience they showed, they don't even have that squad as of now. And, and not a lot of players seem to have the level of respect uh, that one would have for a player of Paul George's caliber. Right. There's something there, but but they don't see him quite the same way. I don't think they're a destination as of now. Can it be fixed? Yes, but but as of now, I don't think they're a hot spot. Um, if LA, sure, if somebody wants to come to LA, make a mark, taking on LeBron James and uh, mm-hmm. see his business value in the bright lights of LA and all of the investors, then sure, maybe, maybe. Um. But but there are but if somebody wants to grow their personal brand, I'd say New York is an option. It's on the come up, mm-hmm. great crowds, business city, biggest basketball market, and in dire need of a superstar since forever. Mm-hmm. The last big name they had was Melo, and even not that that big. So I think um, it's it's tough to project at least the Clippers as a destination. Plus there's the whole. Like Kawhi looks at this as a profession. He he just looks at this like any other job. There's there's a schedule. He comes in. He goes out. And that's it. And yeah, which is fine. Um, but people, what profession means then you're looking at compensation and you're you're looking out for your money. And when you do that, this has been pointed out several times. Uh, California has high taxes. Too many rich people. They have high taxes. Yep. Texas on the other hand is is quite chill about uh about taxation. That's why Dallas, Houston, all of these markets become so much more lucrative. So. They've got a lot going against them. The only reason they, the Lakers, continued to attract top talent was because they kept winning. They they won a lot. If they didn't have that going for them, it wouldn't be a very very uh, lucrative op- option, especially even before the media situation exploded. Right. So the Clippers have some rebuilding to do. Uh, they've kind of pushed themselves into a corner. They have a superstar who, who is a bit unpredictable in the playoffs. On some nights, he's the best player on the court, and on some <laughs> nights, he shrinks. Uh, I think he's repaired his reputation to a great extent, Paul Judge. But he couldn't get out, ultimately. And uh, had that been even a half-fit Kawhi, I think they would have given themselves a very good chance. So right. so there's that. But then there's Kawhi, who's... you know, People have heard of the Diva antics. Now there's months and months of absence. And who knows, even if... It's one thing to expect KD to come back and, and be a certain level. Kawhi was already quite... Fragile and injury prone. There's there's too many variables right now in, in the bus, so I I don't think it's a great destination that's going to be attractive for any top talent.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IBM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Would like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Cred, Siet, and Global Victoria. Thank you so much for making this possible. On Cyrus Says, Cyrus is joined by the hilarious and extremely charming illusionist and therapist, Sohani Shah. They talk about different aspects of magic, like sleight of hand, mind reading, mentalism, and more. The habit coach completed 500 episodes, 500, and Ashton has a special message for us on the occasion. Do check that out. We had Lekini Desai, founder of the India ethnic company, talk to Varun Digirala about their story and the hatke marketing idea that made them popular. On Nankari, Sadafanachas celebrated World Chocolate Day. They took us through the origins, history, economics of chocolate, and shared their memories. On Theri Meriraste, Keshwachatur Chaturvedi shares an interesting story from Leh. Check out an updated version of the Travelling Professor's Diary. It's now rechristened as Smarter with Sid. Same old brain fill with new stories and insights. This time, listening to know why you should keep things simple. And finally, check out Global Victoria Tech Talks. This one is in partnership with Global Victoria, the trade arm of the government of Victoria and Australia. The edtech and gaming industries are booming in Victoria, Australia, and this series is meant to showcase that. And with that, let's get you back to your show.
0: Okay, uh, talking about the ACL, Spencer Dinwiddie, remember him? He was he used to play for the Brooklyn Nets. He's now a free agent and possibly, possibly an attractive free agent because there'll be a bunch of teams looking at him. Now that he declined the player option at Brooklyn Nets, and one of the teams I can think about is the Lakers. Do you think uh, Dinwiddie at the Lakers is a good fit? Do you think uh, they need someone like him in that team, Uh, especially given that the Lakers have the Schroeder situation? They don't know what they're going to do with Kyle Kuzma. They don't know what they're going to do with KCP. They don't have a big man right now who can really uh, play in an NBA Finals kind of scenario. Uh, the Harrell option is still there because he hasn't. He's has hardly played since the postseason started. He hardly played few minutes against the Phoenix Suns. So uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, not really the first tier of superstar, but you could probably no. put him in the low bottom half of the second tier of superstars. Uh, decent player to have, and would the would the Lakers even consider having him uh, given that LA is also his hometown?
2: I mean, when he gets going, I'd put him at par with McCollum, Dinwiddie, uh, mm-hmm. not. That's probably the most succinct way to capture it. Uh, he's not Lillard, but he's more of a McCullum. Yeah. And the Lakers don't need a Lillard. Uh, there's two ways to look at the Lakers' situation. If LeBron is fit enough to run the show, mm-hmm. and if Anthony Davis is, is fit by his side, both of these need to be true. Then they need a third scoring option and they're good. And it's a mm-hmm. chip-winning chip team because Vogel will figure out the rest, all of the other pieces. And they've always, always got strong defense because... That's what Vogel was known for. This, this offense side came later. Defense was always nice. his thing. So, so they'll figure that out. Now, the other scenario is if either or both of LeBron and AD are not fit, then it really doesn't matter who they get. Mm-hmm. Even if they get Lillard, it's going to be another one-man show for Lillard. And it's similar <laughs> to what happens in Portland. So, the second scenario, it doesn't matter. Dinwiddie, Lillard, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, Magic... Uh, well, okay. That's a little... If, if they get those, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> uh, So... If they're two big guys are fit, then I think Denver is an excellent um, choice because mm-hmm. they've tried Schroeder and he's supposed to be a good defender and he was. I don't know what happened to him in in the playoffs. He kind of disappeared in a couple of games. But the Lakers haven't, with the exception of AD, they're all they've mm-hmm. always been a team defense uh, unit. It's not individual yeah. brilliance. Danny Green isn't what he was, but he fits into the system. Avery Bradley isn't what he was. Fits into the system. KCP is an excellent team defender uh, mm-hmm. in the right system. Uh, so is Caruso when deployed correctly and, and so on and so on. And the list goes on. So, if that's how they play, Dinwiddie shouldn't be a be too much of a, of a problem because he can play some defense. Not like he's uh, yeah. elite or anything. But in a, in a team defense setup, he's another KCP. Which then begs the question, what about KCP? Because for me, it's a direct clash. Mm-hmm. Dinwiddie um, and and KCP. I have no problem if they keep KCP, honestly, but uh, if they can upgrade to Dinwiddie, it's going to come at a cost, but it is a definite upgrade. That's why I'm looking at it. He's it's, it's somewhere between KCP and, and um, McCollum level of basketball closer to McCollum than, than KCP. So it'll be an upgrade, but I don't know. It doesn't excite me the same way that, say, DeRozan does because mm-hmm. okay. uh, it's a shorter shelf life this is another rumor that is flying around right that's why I yep. brought up yep. shorter self life uh, older player but um, kind of like Chris Paul aching all his life to get over that hump make it to the finals uh, got taken out by LeBron a bunch of times in the Eastern Conference finals and easiest think, thing to do is join LeBron <laughs> join LeBron it's the Kevin Durant model of, of uh, athlete governance so join the Lakers um I think that would be an interesting move. A he brings tons of experience. Yeah. He can still lead the team entirely on offense, as he's shown with the Spurs. Uh, too yeah. many kids there, great talent, but all inexperienced folks. And and he led that team often, getting uh, close close to a triple double drop dropped on the other team. Um, he is kind of in sync with the Lakers' motif of we don't shoot threes very well. <laughs> uh, he doesn't even attempt too many of those unless he's wide open. But he's very effective from the mid-range. Uh, in right. that sense, it's, it's it's a similar game to, say, a Kawhi Leonard or even a Devin Booker mm-hmm. for that matter. Devin Booker's mm-hmm. not great from three. He gets hot once in a while. He prefers the mid-range. So it's, it's a bit like that, a little less elite. I'd like DeRozan a whole lot more. Experience, hunger, all of the right. Um, intangibles, leader, just a model guy. Um, great presence in the in the locker room, all of that. That that excites me more than Dinwiddie coming off uh, off of an injury. I think Dinwiddie's, and also I think Dinwiddie's game would develop a lot more if he goes mm-hmm. to a smaller team, but where he's uh, among the better players. Look at Jeremy Grant in right, yeah. and how he's evolved. I think that's more of a of the right thing to do for Dinwiddie right now. I agree. I like the De-
0: Demar DeRozan fit as well. Uh, and he's shown that at the, with the Spurs team. They were almost on the verge of a playing spot where in there earlier this season. Uh, just missed out, but a few games when Derek White got injured, and that's when they missed out. But yeah. I think he was—he'll be a good option as a leader, as a ball handler in that Absolutely. league. I, I think I like that fit. Um, game four today: Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks can continue their home stand and win their home games, and just try to nick out one away game, like you said on yesterday's episode? Yanis seems in that mode where he's like. Come what may, you put me through an earthquake, put me through a tsunami, I'm going to come out of this, I'm mm-hmm. not going to lose this, at least I'm not going to lose this, if the others around me don't perform and we lose, well you blame it on them, I'm not. I'm. I'm here to win this. And yes. he seemed like that in games 2, games 3, 40 point performances mm-hmm. in both those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he averaged 40 against the Phoenix Suns in the two regular season games as well, so Phoenix Suns is kind of his uh, opponent if you look at the numbers. Uh,
2: do you think they can continue that streak though? I think yeah, I understand. I don't know if the Bucs Bucks can. It's, it's it's their home game. It's another home game. Statistically, the Bucs, outside of Giannis, the Bucs have been significantly better in home games. Through mm-hmm. Holiday's numbers get better across the board. Middleton's numbers get better across the board. I don't know if it's dealing with adversity. I don't know if it's they like the paint on the, uh, on the wood when they dribble. I don't know what it is, but they are undeniably better at home. All of the support guys. And I'm I, going to call them support guys because, uh, because this used to be a big three, but it hasn't been for a while. It hasn't, yeah. Yeah, when Yanis when is on there, it's it's almost like he's left high and dry half the time. And when he's not out there, these guys suddenly remember how good they are. Jaloo Alida and Middleton. So, they've got to find a way to get together and be a big three. But until then, it's Giannis and the other guys. Now, the, the game that they won... Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday defended. Drew Holiday had a good really game. Well. Most importantly, yeah. he started off super aggressive launching threes and uh, getting into the paint, pulling up. Missed a couple, made a couple. But but it was that aggression that caught um, the Suns off guard a little. And I think the Suns actually walked off with a lead after the first quarter. But, mm-hmm. but it was close. And they were picking up momentum, Milwaukee. Now, we know that about the Suns. They always start hot. They're not one of those yep. teams that wake up in the third quarter. So it was important that they keep it close. And then sec- the second quarter, they just exploded the, the Bucs and that was game over by then. That's the advantage also of playing at home. Um, the other team tends to kind of pick conservation of energy when, um, uh, when when the going gets tough. If you have a massive lead at halftime, they're going to try a little in the third quarter. But if you hold on and stretch that lead back again, that, that's it. Midway through the third quarter, teams just kind of call it a day yep. and say, all right, we'll get you in the next one. Um, that's the advantage of playing at home. now, But they've got to win now. Uh, they've got to win this game. And for me, it's a must-win because A, you go 3-1 down. Statistically, there's no way you're coming back from that. It's very tough. It's been done once before in the finals, twice. Yep. Uh, once. LeBron James. Oh, oh, that was the only one? I thought that was... Okay. Yep. In so, the finals, that was the only one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, that's one. But two win otherwise, even if you put aside the 3-1, which you were talking about yesterday, um, I don't fancy these guys to win... Let's look at this, right? There are two games in Milwaukee left, and mm-hmm. there are two games in Phoenix left. Mm-hmm. For me, the best recipe here for um, the Bucks to grab the series is win both of your home games, stay flawless yeah. at home, four out of four, okay. three out of three, and then try and nick one away game. It's kind of like breaking serve, uh, is how they should approach this because a) most of the players are great at home and not so great away. And it's one of the toughest away arenas to go to at least this season. Uh, it, it's too many things, so they've got to win this game. Uh, they've got to try and nick one game in Phoenix. Now, if yeah. that's game five, it's what a awesome. what a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you come home and you have a chance to finish. Uh, yeah. yeah, bye, bye, bye. But if. It, if they drop that, okay, at least you go to Game 7 and maybe you give yourselves a fighting chance because Game 7, it's in Phoenix, but it's Game 7, it's nerves, so it's yeah. all of that. Game 4 is a must win. They drop this game, they might as well call it a day. So, I have no doubt Yanis is going to be Yannis. Whether those free throws drop or not remains to be seen. But I have no doubt he's going to be Yannis. What I'm interested in is two things. One, are we going to get the same level of production and, and effort from Drew Holiday? And... Equally importantly, Middleton, Mm -hmm. because I don't think it was entirely a coincidence that Devin Booker sucked in Game 3. I think Middleton had a big part to play with that. Uh, He was physically forced contested Mm shots. He kept shoving him out of the way and and he's got a significant size uh, advantage, enough to cause problems, Middleton. But can we see that again? Because Drew, initially, uh, I I called it wrong. I thought Drew Holiday should be put on Booker, but I think Middleton on Booker, if he plays the way he did in Game 3, is the way to go. Because that gives Drew Holiday the opportunity to, to shut down Chris Paul, which is where, that's the genesis. So, I think they're onto something there. Let's see what they do. The mm-hmm. only thing on the Phoenix side I'll be interested in, it's not the offense. It happens once in a while. I don't expect them to tank like that again. I think it's more of, how are they going to deal with Giannis? That's the key to the series. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, why are they not doubling him? Why are they not building that <laughs> wall, the Giannis stopper? formula. If they're going to leave Ayton on him, he's going to get exposed. Ayton's strong, but Giannis doesn't rely on strength alone. He's got yeah. skill. He can Eurostep you. He can put the ball on the floor. Um, ridiculous wingspan. He can finish multiple angles every every side of the rim. He can teardrop it. He can finger roll it. it there's too many things he can do. So, not quite going to work out. And that's when they put uh, Aiton on him. They were a bunch of players where they put Crowder on him and Crowder just, he just got... That was a mockery. Uh, yeah, the, like Janis was smiling. Like, this guy really and he just rolls and dunks. He just straight up, dunks. it wasn't even a finesse move. He just straight up slammed yeah. it home. Uh, and God forbid they put uh, they get Booker on him in a mismatch. <laughs> Booker was trying to box out Janis <laughs> for a rebound. Come on.
0: <laughs> I like the fact that Jiro Holiday has finally turned up. And we've seen this in the previous series yeah. as well, where he starts off cold, even against the Brooklyn Nets. It's kind of he's learning the team and what they're up to. And then he turns up. Game six and seven against the Brooklyn Nets, he was amazing. Game 5 and 6 against the Atlanta Hawks, he had turned up after Giannis went off. It was kind of like, he's learned the players, he knows what they're up to, and now he's guarding them better. And I think he's figured that out with the Phoenix Suns now. And yeah. you saw that in Game 3, he was really good on defense and also on offense. I like the fact that he's turned up. If he can keep up that level of performance, I think that is job half done for Giannis's support men. And Middleton, well, you can expect him to have a 20-30 point game once in a while. So I'm not worried too much about Middleton. It's, a, it's the way he plays. Uh, the occasion, whatever it is, he, he turns up one day or the other. So, I'm not too worried about Middleton. He does a job on defense. He's not a stop-booker,
2: right? That's all they should yeah. care about, just stop-booker.
0: Absolutely. And I think DeAndre Ayton getting in foul trouble was really the key to Yanis just going off in quarter two and yeah. quarter three because Ayton played like, what, 24 or 26 minutes yeah, yeah. in the game. That's yeah. about it. And Frank Keminsky was on for 14 minutes and Yanis just demolished him. In the 18 minutes that Yanis was on the floor and Ayton wasn't, uh, the Bucks outscored the Suns by 38-21. to and <laughs> <laughs> That was the game. Yeah, <laughs> It was like a feast, right? And we put on Kaminsky on me. Who the hell is Kaminsky? And, uh, I think the lack of Saric here is... Sarich, yeah, him. I was
2: going to say. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, we were talking about Davinchenzo and how it might hurt the Bucks, but the yep. Saric thing's really coming back to bite.
0: Exactly. It'll be a fun game, hey. though. Uh, we'll see if Yanis can continue his I'm pretty yeah. sure he will. But we'll see if Joe Holiday and Middleton turn up and level the series. It'll be a fun last three games to watch then. We'll come back and talk all about Game 4 on tomorrow's episode. But that's all on today's episode. See
2: you. Peace. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us at Triangle Offense, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us at Pod. That's T-R-I-O-F-F-E-N-S-E Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh, fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM
1: app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.